welcome to Mind Witchery. I'm your host, Natalie Miller, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, my friend. Welcome, welcome. It is new moon season again, yet again, as we we keep revolving around this sun and this moon keeps revolving around us. And as you know, here on the show, I love to tune into the new moon because it gives us an opportunity to just think about our lives and ourselves differently. And today I have for you an extra, extra, extra special treat. And her name is Leslie Tagorda. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Natalie. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, witchy people. <laughs> yes. So, so Leslie and I go way back at this point. Um, we, we met when we were both in a program working on our businesses and we just hit it off immediately. Leslie came on a retreat that I did and then I went on her podcast and now she's here on my podcast. Leslie is a brand astrologer. In fact, her magical eyes and fingers are behind the mind witchery like cover photo logo thing, which is so <laughs> gorgeous. Leslie has this way of capturing the spirit of the person in her design. And she does that using dun, 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 astrology. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so Leslie, what did I miss? What else what else do we need to add? You're based in San Francisco. You're from Hawaii. What else do we need to know about Leslie before we begin? My goodness. Well, I think you set me up really wonderfully. Well, I also have a podcast, The Savvy Luminary, where I'm always talking about astrology and your business. Um, I have two books about astrology and business. And what else is there to say? I don't know. I, I, I'm just, I love you, Natalie, and I love your work. Aww. And so excited to talk about astrology and business. Like that's, of course, that's why we hit it off. <laughs> Yes, yes. I love you too. And I'm super excited to be together today. So the new moon in Leo. Let's just talk first of all about Leo season. Leslie, what, is, what does Leo season make you think about? Vibrancy, just creative vibrancy and just really hot, sunshiny days. <laughs> That's what it makes me think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. I don't think I truly understood Leo and Leo season until I learned that Leo, of course, is ruled by the sun. So all of the signs, my friend listening, have a ruler. There's a planet that's like in charge of the sign or is like the, the, the king, the queen of the sign. And, um, and Leo is ruled by the sun. And the sun, of course, is central. It is the central light. Everything revolves around it. And if you have a Leo in your life, perhaps you're like, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> everything revolves around that person. <laughs> Actually, Kevin, my dog, is a Leo. 
not surprisingly. <laughs> Leo with maybe like a Scorpio or Pisces rising, like he has some water in him. <laughs> yes, he's definitely got <laughs> some water in him too. Um, so in any case, I always think about that, that kind of like, yes, the vibrancy, but also there's like a a self-centeredness. And I mean that in a really like, I mean that in a really good way. Like there's a self-centeredness. I don't think it's an it's an accident that in the Northern Hemisphere, so many people just leave for the month of August. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to do me and my thing. I'm going to check out. I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to take a sabbatical. I'm going to take time off. So I don't know, Leslie, what do you think? Does that ring true for you? For sure. Like there's this aspect of like Leo, like once, like if you just start starting to get off in, uh, in astrology, oftentimes people talk about Leo as being prideful or stubborn, but really what Leo is, is that it knows itself so well. It just, I know. And it just has like this creative essence, like what you were talking about, the sun being in the center of our solar system. If we take that to the next step, the sun is its own energy force. It doesn't need to, like the moon, it doesn't need to reflect light. The sun is just creating light. And so in essence, this creation of light is natural and it's fun and it's blissful. And so when we start to think about Leo in this way of just being fun and playful, we forget to that side of Leo. And, you know, thinking about little kitty cat, you know, oftentimes we'll think of a lion um, mm-hmm. as the ruler of Leo, that symbol of Leo. But I always see that lion as just the, a big kitty cat who just <laughs> slumbers when it wants to, warms itself in the sun, has fun playing no matter how old it is. Mm-hmm. And so how can we bring all of those qualities into our lives and our businesses through Leo? Oh, I love that. Okay. Well, everybody, as you know, in the new moon episodes, I like to put together a little self-reflection worksheet for you, a little self-coaching deal. And it sounds like we just got our first question from Leslie. (laughs) Where in your life can you invite play and that kind of ebullient creativity and and what i'm really hearing from you leslie is it 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 is like it's a little bit um it's like organic and intuitive and it's um it's it's coming from self right so it's not like necessarily making a bunch of plans it's really like playing it by instinct and playing it by ear is what i'm hearing yeah. When we think about like the sun in, I mean, that's our first stepping stone into astrology. We always find out what our sun sign is because that's the easiest. We find our sun sign based on mm-hmm. our birthday. But when we start to look at the sun and its true purpose, sometimes we'll skip over it once we get into astrology because of all the shiny objects. But I love returning to the sun because the sun, S-U-N, if we're looking at it spelled in Latin, S-O-L, the soul, it's mm. the soul of what we do. And there's no trying. Just like when we were talking about earlier about the sun being its own sense of its own energetic force, its own like nuclear fusion that mm-hmm. the sun is doing mm-hmm. <laughs> as it's creating all of its energy. Mm-hmm. Do you think the sun is like having a hard time efforting and planning when it's going to have its next solar flare? It's just pouring out, radiating out. And so mm. we start to live and do by our sun, thinking about all of our sun's strengths, um, just like how Leo just knows its own strengths and its own creativity, no doubt. 
we just radiate and it's so much fun and it's so blissful. And then all of a sudden what we do in our work is no longer work and people can sense that. Absolutely. People can sense that. So I love this as kind of a first question for our witches here. Where in your life are you ready to invite this, this ebullient, creative, playful, radiant self-expression, right? And it's unselfconscious. It's very self-centered, but it's unselfconscious, right? Um, I love that. And everybody, stay tuned because at the end of today's episode, we're going to complicate slightly your understanding of your sign, your sun sign, because I know there are some people out there who are like, well, I don't know. I'm a I'm a Virgo, but I don't entirely vibe with all of the stuff that people say about Virgos. So just you wait, just stay tuned. And we're going to be talking a little bit more about um, what else we can learn from Leo season, what else we can learn about you and, and about your sign. So as always, we like to look at the different what the other planets are up to um, during this moon in order to kind of see what are the other puzzles that we are invited to work on what are the other sort of like uh, elements or pieces to to play with to give our minds to play with so um, I don't know Leslie what do you think should we go next to this idea of all the Aquarius vibes. <laughs> so, all the Aquarius <laughs> all vibes. All the Aquarius vibes. Because, because Leo in, in, in an astrology chart, Leo is opposite the sign of Aquarius. And it just so happens, everybody, that there is a lot of action in Aquarius this year. Uh, Saturn is there. Jupiter has just returned there. And this year we have not one but two full moons in Aquarius also. So it's sort of like, yes, we're having a new moon in Leo, but Aquarius across the street, there's like, I don't know, is it a party? It's like it's like a party that the cops are at. <laughs> it's like, there's a lot going on across the way. street. <laughs> yeah. Well, if like, as we talk about like Leo and Aquarius, they are tied together like two sides of a coin. Mm -hmm. They share the same fixed modality, meaning in the middle of the season, um, that sustaining, that pit bull bite of it's just not going to let go, that fixed energy of just continuing to problem solve. And so in Leo in the summer, like Leo is all about creativity and vibrancy and confidence and courage and just that pure radiance. And because Leo is fire, it's all about that passion and like just that I know exactly how I want to do my makeup, how I want to dress up, how I want to shine brightly. Then Aquarius, on the other hand, is about how are we going to innovate? So I can't just have the same kind of outfit as that other person. How am I going to up level it? How am I going to make it my own and uniqueness? And so this idea of Aquarius and Leo being on that same axis of creativity the Leo has the passion and then the Aquarius has the intellectual innovation of it. And how do you see that kind of that mind and passion push and pull between Aquarius and Leo? You know what I was just thinking about, Leslie? It's um, this thing that I'm talking about all the time, that we are all co-creators, Yes, the sun is at the center of our solar system, but it wouldn't be at the center if the planets weren't revolving around it. Yes. 
<laughs> it, it wouldn't, there wouldn't be a solar system without a sun, but there also wouldn't be a solar system without planets, right? And so for me, Aquarius the, of the other side of the coin is sort of like, who else is here? What else is here? What else is happening? And actually, how do I see myself in them? What do they have to help me understand myself better, right? When I get together with Leslie, I learn a little bit more about who I want to be or how I want to be in the world. In fact, you all should know, Leslie sends the best presents. <laughs> Anytime a little box comes in the mail from Leslie to me, I am like a child on Christmas morning. I'm like, woo, <laughs> very excited to open it up, right? <laughs> and so... It's so easy to buy for you. <laughs> it, well, yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Tell everybody that I, you know, yes. tell, tell all my people. candles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like those things. So, but you know, when I, like, here's Natalie and I am me. And then when I interact with Leslie, I'm like, oh, I like this way of being too. How can I integrate this other way of being? How can I learn from this other piece, this other person? So for me, Aquarius is like sort of saying, okay, there's more here. There's more to the puzzle, right? We're, we're kind of nearing the end of the zodiac and it's like, oh, wait, it's we actually we're not done. There's some stuff we haven't thought of yet. And it's about kind of pulling those those aspects in and, and honoring the kind of co-creation and that that expansiveness right of of air yeah i love how you put that together because if we think about air it is a social planet mm -hmm. and i never thought about that aspect of like well you know you as the sun as the center of the solar system but you can only be the center of the solar system if there's other people playing with you mm -hmm. if there's other friends in your network or in your group or in your in your friends or your larger communities or your world and that's what aquarius is about from that kind of social aspect gemini libra and aquarius like gemini wants to connect with like-minded people and Libra wants to connect with like their soulmates and like their closest besties and everything. Mm -hmm. But Aquarius wants to know everybody in the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it rather just like go to a party and just like have like a short conversation with each and every person. Doesn't want to go too deep, but it wants to know what's on everybody's mind all across the world. I love that vision mm -hmm. of that Leo Aquarius archetype there, knowing myself through others. Yeah, I love that. So I think that maybe a question here is like, like, who inspires you? Who's been inspiring you? And what are the qualities that they have that you see glimmers of and you'd like to nurture in yourself? I think that seems kind of fun. Now, I said that in Aquarius, Aquarius is like the house across the street where there's a party and the cops are there. And of course, anyone who follows astrology knows that um, I'm saying that like, you know, our friend Saturn, who is kind of here to set boundaries and limits and establish some law and order and um, a reality check is is here in in Aquarius. And Saturn's been here for a while now. Mm hmm. Um, and Saturn has been showing us all kinds of ways that we don't get to pass go. In fact, I mean, we're having that right now, right? Oh, great, humans, you made vaccinations for COVID, but actually not everyone's taking them. And actually, you haven't figured out the worldwide distribution of them. So sorry, 
gonna have to shut down again right again <laughs> again yeah saturn is very like mm, no not yet it's a very no it's a very no planet um what do you think about the saturn vibes happening right now and especially here for this this leo new moon leslie yeah well i think this saturn the saturn vibes are happening all of August, um, not just in the new moon, but like when we start to think of no as not in this like judgment way, like, okay, here, like I have to set all these boundaries, but like no in this like liberating way where mm. now this no becomes, well, I'm going to say, I'm going to create this boundary so I have more freedom to do this or if we're turning that discipline or sorry, you, you, what was that word that you said earlier? It was kind of like, kind of like dampering the party. And sometimes it feels like self-criticism or self-doubt, but really mm -hmm. what Saturn is saying, this self-criticism is so that you can turn this doubt into mastery. Mm. Like, you know, it's not good enough yet. Mm -hmm. And so if you just dig in a little bit more and kind of like work through your problems instead of throwing in the towel, you're going to come up with something and Uranus is going to throw you those breakthroughs. But Saturn is saying you got to put in that hard work. And so mm -hmm. I don't, I love to look at Saturn, not from this place of restriction, but from this place of like Saturn's like, you can do better. Mm -hmm. And so we don't turn now that self-criticism into self-doubt. It it edges us to do even better. Mm, I love that. Okay. So maybe we should, because um, I actually have Saturn in Leo, which you'll hear oh, oh. in my <laughs> thoughts about Saturn. <laughs> I'm like, don't judge Saturn. <laughs> I'm like, Saturn is always holding us back. No, you're totally right. No, Saturn gives us the opportunity to grow and to um, and to improve. You're yes, 100%. Saturn is asking us to improve. And so maybe actually, Saturn at this party is more like the party planner who is like, yeah, you know, yes, it's fun to be organic and to play and everything, but come on, let's face it. It's not fun when we run out of drinks. It's not fun when we, right? It's it's like it would be better if actually we had a playlist that was ready to go instead of just, you know, randomly having Pandora with ads playing or whatever, right? What's so interesting that I, yeah, your Leo and Saturn there in the sixth house, it's like that Leo and Saturn is like, Natalie, you have to master fun. You have to master creativity. <laughs> You have yes. to be, you have to have like daily routine and commit to having passion and fun in your life. <laughs> yes, that is right. That is right. And I have been so on a journey to kind of work with that, right? And sort of say, yeah, but what does that look like for me? Right. And so I think, you know, it is an, it is a way again to sort of say Saturn is very interested in what are the priorities here? What is actually most important what are you going to take responsibility with yourself that re that self-responsibility and that priority and, and that plays into leo mm -hmm. it's not like putting yourself first which leo does and teaches us to do is not about selfishness it's about making us more complete humans so that we can give back more that's how i see it Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It is a self-centeredness that says the more I am who I am, the better able I can play the role I'm here to play. Right. If I'm trying to be someone else, I'm not going to be able to discover what I'm meant to discover or give what I'm meant to give. Yeah, absolutely. So 
Let's see. Maybe a nice Aquarian question. We, we have kind of like the, the open Jupiterian one, which is like, who's inspiring <laughs> you, right? And then we can shift over, I think, and we can also have this kind of more Saturnian question that's like, what are the priorities? What are your priorities? And how can you begin to take responsibility for them? I know for me right now, Leslie, like I'm doing that so much with this middle-aged body that I have. <laughs> it's not negotiable anymore to be like, oh, but, you know, I have a I have a lot on the calendar or, oh, I just rather. No, my body is like, hello, stretching, not an option. <laughs> Resting. Strength, not an option. So I'm, I'm curious for you, like, what are you, where are you feeling this in your life or business? Oh, gosh, I feel, I think you'll have to ask me that question in a few months, because <laughs> I have not been living, <laughs> living to my own medicine lately with that kind of like, with that discipline. Um, for me, because I have Saturn in the first house, if we're going to talk about Saturn a little bit, um, it is that that self-doubt and that self-criticism that comes up really, really loudly more than embodied. Mm, and mm -hmm. I know that when I am tired, that I cannot function. And so having ample rest and making that my non-negotiable, like mm -hmm. I just, I can't do as much as I used to do, like mm -hmm. with my middle-aged body. <laughs> Does that make <laughs> yes. sense? I don't even, I like, where do those words come from? <laughs> I know, but I love that actually, because, you know, in the first house, that is also kind of saying like, hey, body, not limitless, like <laughs> there are some boundaries around it. Yeah. So I think for all of our listeners, this question, what's a priority for you and how do you take responsibility for it? And that can sound like a heavy question, but I invite you to turn towards what Leslie was saying. No, 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 no. This is something to reach for, to really help you break through, to help you move on, to help you evolve, right? This isn't something, this isn't like, oh, this body's holding me back. It's like, no, 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 no. What you will learn and what you will do through taking responsibility for my case, for my health, for Leslie's case, for her rest, for you, I don't, whatever it is, right? That is going to be key to your evolution and to your shining right to what you're here to offer i think if if we want to also look at saturn and just kind of the theme for this for the new moon um going back to that idea of self-responsibility and self-criticism like if you are not feeling shiny and bright this new moon mm. or in this august like what is that doubt or that criticism that's always playing in your head that's preventing you from reaching your own self-responsibility and to get curious with that self-doubt to become friends with it because what we were talking earlier in the show um pre-show about chiron and chiron being kind of those old wounds and those old mm. stories that really are gifts that put you on your path Chiron has a trine, an opportunity, a flow that says you get a chance with this new moon to rewrite your story. Mm. That if you've been holding on to any of like that, like I can't be responsible for myself or I'm not creative enough or I have nothing individual to offer, whatever those stories that are coming up for you, like let's rewrite those. Like 
what are those stories that you're telling yourself? How can you use those self-doubts and those self-criticisms to push you towards your self-responsibility? So let's mm-hmm. give them an example for that. I feel like, like that one needs an example. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, well, I'm just copying everybody else because I don't, I don't have anything unique to offer. Mm. Right. What What would you say if Natalie, if somebody came up to you and and had that that was preventing them from shining brightly? They were believing that they didn't have anything unique to offer. That's so funny. That one. <laughs> that one is so like absurd to me. A because <laughs> nothing's unique, and B because everything's unique. Right. It's like again, we're all co-creating here. We are all co-creating and the way that you like, so, so it, it could be like, oh, you are a marketer. You do marketing. It could be like, you are a copywriter. You do copywriting. It could be, you are a director of development. You help develop, you help get funds for organizations, right? There are a lot, you, of course, you're not the only one. Of course, you didn't invent this and you have a way of approaching it that is completely completely unique to you because there is, as Martha Graham says, only one of you in all of time. No one else has your background. No one else has your specific skill set. No one else has an astrology chart that looks like yours, right? And so it would really be like in that moment, like maybe just a first pass of like, of course you're not the only one doing this. Like, no one's the only one doing anything. Hell, we have three dumbass white men getting to space right now, right? Like, it's like nobody's unique. And at the same time, we all are. At the very same time, we all are. And so it's sort of like saying, um, uh, I, you know, the questions I love for these kinds of doubts and actually all of the doubts, right? How does it protect you? And what does it cost you? So Saturnian. Hot damn, Leslie. I've never thought about that. That is a Saturn mastery question, right? Saturn gives you the doubt and then you say, okay, how does this protect me? How is this holding me in slash back? And what does it cost me? Yeah, that's the gold right there. I think that's the really the theme for August. So even though if you're setting a new moon intention, if you're feeling blocked from that creativity or feeling you're not innovative enough or creative enough or brilliant enough, then go into that self-criticism and that self-mastery because there's that key to insight there that's like pushing you to optimize and be the best that you can be. And ultimately, when you're being the best you that you can be, your sun, like your natal sun, all of a sudden gets ignited, gets sparked up. It starts to light up. Mm-hmm. And then that's where then the bliss and the play follow through. Mm-hmm. I love it. it. It sounds simplistic, but it's not. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it is, it's complex in that, like, there are a lot of different sides to it. But piece by piece, right, these are these are little puzzles that we can work on. And then as we sort of figure it out, the whole thing begins to kind of come together with so much more ease. And we feel, we feel less scattered, we feel less conflicted, we're more present and curious. Um, And actually, that's another kind of like Leo Aquarius synonym, right? Present, here, centered, hello, and curious. What else? What do you think? I don't know. (laughs) So speaking of our sons, 
in these new moon episodes, I always love to teach our astro curious friends a little bit about astrology. And so it is time, da da, it is time to talk about rising signs and the houses in astrology, which I have not yet brought this up, Leslie. Um, how do you describe this aspect of astrology? Our rising sign is the sign that was rising on the eastern horizon at the time and place that you took your first breath. And in ancient astrology, actually, our rising sign was much more important than our sun sign. And in traditional astrology now, oftentimes our rising sign then kind of symbolizes, represents that part of our personality that others experience us as in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's from our rising sign. If you can think of like a dial on a clock, the Eastern horizon, if you're looking at a circular natal chart, it's the equator line and to the very left point that represents the Eastern horizon. And that Mm -hmm. Eastern horizon then sets off different delineations to divide a circular chart into 12 houses or Mm -hmm. kind of areas. And these houses represent areas or parts of your life or your business. So if you want to think about like a clock, everybody, think about a clock and where nine o'clock is, where the nine is on a clock, that's where the eastern horizon is. And where the eastern horizon was when you came into the world is very quite unique to you. So there may have been some other babies born in the same place and the same time. That's very possible, but it's very, very unique to you. And then it says, okay, so this is, this marks the first house, the first portion of your astrological chart. And then there are 12 total portions of the chart. And those 12 portions, um, there are also 12 signs, right? Mm -hmm. 12 zodiacal signs. And so as we go around that circle, the 360 degrees, we have 12 houses and we have 12 signs. And what this means is that for you, Leo is in one of those houses. It's in one of those little pieces of pie of the chart. It's funny. Leslie uses a different house system than I do. Uh, I like whole sign houses where all the pieces of pie are the same size. The The Libra sensibility quite likes that all the pieces of pie are the same size. But Leslie, Leslie uses Placidus, right? I use Placidus. Yeah, it's more, Mm -hmm. it's it's a little bit wonky. Um, I can see the benefits of using whole sign and and Placidus. I mean, use use whatever house system that works for you. Um, But yes, with Natalie, you have all of your Libra intercepted if it's in Placidus. I know, but (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) So, okay, so we won't get all the way into that. But for now, here's the thing for you to know. As long as you know where you were born and the time you were born, you can go to all kinds of free chart making websites, probably the very most popular, and I'll put a link in the show notes is astro.com. It's free. You plug in your information and then that will create an astrological chart for you. And it will show you what sign was rising 
when you were born. And there's a really interesting thing for people who are Leo rising. They kind of look like lions. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> Have you noticed this, Leslie? The hair. Yes, the hair. The hair. The hair and just the like, the kind of like the presence is mm -hmm. very Leonine. So um, I will, I have, I have a Leo rising. One of my daughters is Leo rising. Um, a trainer at my gym is Leo rising and walks into the room and I'm like, lion is here, right? I mean, you know, it's really, it's, it's, it's really fun. So we'll talk about your rising sign in another episode, I think. But for now, what's interesting is that you know, when we think about our sun sign, like Leslie sort of said, this is the thing that we popularly know because it's the thing that kind of corresponds to a period of time. It's like, oh, yeah, like about September 23rd through October 22nd, those are Libra people, right? If you're close to the edge, you want to take a look to make sure um, to see where the sun falls. Does it fall on the Libra side or on the Virgo side, on the Libra side or on the Scorpio side? But for, but for the rising sign, you'll get this specific degree and it'll say, okay, this is the sign that was rising when you were born. You'll also look to see that Leo is someplace in your chart. So for me, it's the sixth house. I'm a Pisces rising. And for me, Leo is is the sixth house. Um, Leslie, how about you? Yeah, I am third house Leo. So speaking, speaking confidently, <laughs> teaching confidently. Mm -hmm. Teaching confidently, speaking confidently. Yeah. So, um, so there's two reasons why you want to figure out where Leo is in your chart. One reason is that that's where the new moon is. Mm -hmm. The new moon is in this particular house. And in a moment, Leslie's going to go through because she is amazing this way. And she's going to tell us, okay, so this, each of the 12 houses correspond to these kinds of matters, right? So every time there's a new moon, it's a chance for you to do a little reset in that particular place in your life with regard to those particular matters. So that's one reason. The other reason is that it gives you a little bit more complexity. It gives you a little bit more, a little bit of a more sophisticated understanding of what's key to yourself. Yes, your son might be in Scorpio, and that is important. But also, if your son rules, your fourth house of home and family, then home and family are going to be very important to your self-expression. They're going to be key to your self-expression. So it's almost like you're going to get an idea of some of the elements of life, some of the pursuits of life that end up being super important to you because you're figuring out where, which house the sun rules. Leslie, how would you edit that? Does that sound? Yeah, that sounds great. I'm thinking about it in a like in a very simple way, just thinking, um, how can you guys all use? So going back to the two examples for the new moon intention, 
setting a new moon intention just like allows you to get really clear about what you want. And I know Natalie has taught you before to ask for what you want, but if we're not setting, being intentional about every month saying, Hey, this is what I want. This is what I want to change. This is what I want a, a refresh. Then we just kind of go floating about. Mm-hmm. And that's why new moon intentions are really key to anchoring and attaining what you want to, um, what you want to get in your life or your business. And, right, this is the Aquarius element coming through. What I love about astrology is astrology, When once you know where the new moon is happening in your house, in your house systems, like in, in like which house is the new moon happening in, you get a specific question of like, what do you want in your creativity? What do you want in your home and family? What do you want in your career? So that um, we're always being asked to kind of remember the bigger picture. So I love that, Leslie, right? We're asked to be, because sometimes, you know, I'll say, what do you want? And you're like, I don't know, everything's fine. But a more specific question, well, what do you want with regard to like your money? And your possessions. It's like, oh, actually, I do. There's a couple. There's a couple things I would like to change there. Yeah. So I love that. So, so for specifically for this Leo new moon, it, it's happening at six de- sixteen degrees of Leo. So you can take a look at your chart, see where what how um, where sixteen degrees of Leo exists in which house, and that's going to give you more mm-hmm. insight as to where in your life or your business that you are being asked to create a fresh intention and fresh Mm -hmm. intention for Leo season is about confidently and courageously shining brighter in what you do. Mm -hmm. And so that's almost like the, the, the central idea of anybody who's in business or just like working, like what do you want to shine brightly and confidently in? And so if you are a Leo rising or you have Leo of 16 degrees in your first house, when we're looking at it from this business perspective, this is about your leadership and how you are guiding others and how you're holding space to be a confident, um, magnetic, likable leader in all of your pride and gloriousness. <laughs> your mm-hmm. your lioness or your lion energy mm-hmm. like self-assertion also like leadership and self-assertion yeah knowing like leading with your creativity yeah mm-hmm. so if your second house uh if the, if your second house then you then you'd be a cancer cancer rising so if you are a cancer rising or you have Leo in the 16 degrees of in your second house, you're planting the seeds to plant in what you value and how you add value. That's in your creativity and your heart-centered purpose. For Gemini rising, you have Leo of 16 degrees in your third house. This is like how you are confidently communicating and creating dialogue. So maybe for your Gemini rising, you're thinking about your marketing or your writing and how you're going to do that with confidence and heart-centered purpose. Mm -hmm. If you're a Taurus rising or you have Leo of 16 degrees in the fourth house, then you're built. This is the family part. You're building your safe spaces and communities for which you gather. Or if in your personal life, you're really thinking about your home life and your family. Mm-hmm. Aries rising, fifth house, then you are planting your seeds to confidently shine in your vital radiance and your passion. So you need to be doing creative projects. 
Also, maybe your sex life, let's just oh, say. Yeah, also, let's... also, possibly your sex life. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Orgasm for profits. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, that could go another way, but we're not going there. Um, <laughs> if you're Pisces rising and you have sixth house in Leo, just like Natalie, then you are planting heart-centered passion in your efficiency in your day-to-day operations and service. So what what routines are you thinking about for you, Natalie? Oh, my gosh. Well, like I said, I'm totally I am investing and really creating more self-honoring, realistic ways of moving my body. Um, And the listeners know that this is a project I've been working on for a couple of months now. I've had a couple of health problems and and I've been really trying to figure out like what is the self-honoring way to care for my body and my movement so that's when I think about like you know the day-to-day it's like yes what do I want to incorporate into my everyday life self-honoring movement so let me get passionate and creative and courageous about that about claiming space for that too That's so beautiful. Yeah, when we look at the sixth house, it's really about the health of the organism. So health of your body as the organism or health of your business Mm -hmm. as an organization. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like hustling and pushing is not effective. That's not self-honoring. So that's beautiful, Natalie. Yeah, I love it. Okay, yay. So seventh house, how about for our... Aquarius rising. Aquarius rising. You're bringing in your passionate ideal clients and your influential collaborative relationships. Mm -hmm. So these are, you know, if you're Aquarius rising, your people are Leos. And so you need like just, you need leaders, you need courageous people. You don't, you don't really have time for other people (laughs) that are not Mm -hmm. courageous. Or creative. Um, if you have a Capricorn rising, you you have an eighth house activation for this Leo, and you're planting your seeds to create heart centered purpose in your capacity to trust in your own investments and healing. Mm. Right. So when I talk about investments, um, you know, this could also be thinking about how are you going to invest in your business or apply for a loan or get investors. There's eighth house is not just about healing, but it's also tapping into other people's resources to help you grow. Mm hmm. If you're Sagittarius rising, you have ninth house Leo and this you're planting seeds in your business for your vision of possibilities and really being known to a worldwide influential audience. Again, there's this this Leo attitude about, um, I, I use the word influence and not as like an Instagram influencer, but just somebody again, who has that presence mm-hmm. to influence others. Like people look at you as some kind of icon. There's, there's mm-hmm. something about that Leo people looking up to that. Mm-hmm. If you're Scorpio rising, you're going to have a 10th house on the mid heaven. Um, so you'll have, you'll be planting your seeds to commit to achieving maximized again, influential results. Mm -hmm. So trusting in your ability to deliver confidently. If you have Libra rising, this is about 11th house and building your friend networks. Um, You're planting the seeds to confidently shine brighter in your place as the influencer, bringing together larger platforms and circles. And if you're Virgo rising, you have 12th house and you are creating heart-centered passion 
in your life to create more ease and flow to avoid burnout in your business. Mm. Everyone's like, I would need some of that. <laughs> yeah. I need a little of that action. And that's, you know, something to say, I think, when we come back around to that self-centered, self-honoring, right? Yes, you can creatively, courageously integrate ease into any of those places that Leslie was talking about, if that's something that you're feeling called to do. That 12th house energy always calls out to you, Natalie, just the ease and flow. Like that's just how you lead with all your Pisces. <laughs> with all that Pisces. I know it's really true. Well, my by Placidus, that's where my moon is. My moon is in the 12th house. And so it does that kind of like letting go and letting things be easy and stepping into flow. And again, my friends, like that is open to you wherever it is that you are planting the seeds, as Leslie was saying, for a new way of being with your family, with the way you communicate, with the way you lead, with your day-to-day -day life, wherever it is. Um, and, you know, maybe it totally spoke to you, the the house that corresponds with where 16 degrees of Leo is for you. But if it didn't, you know, the point here is just to help you open up your thinking and to remind you of how much agency you have, how much you have a say in how your life unfolds. That's why I play with astrology for sure. And I think that in Nomad, like use your intuition if you don't know exactly where Leo 16 degrees is. What Leo really is asking you is like, where do you need to shine more brightly to not dim your brilliance because mm -hmm. for most of us like growing up we are we've been taught to dim our brilliance and leo is saying f that and is it okay to swear in your podcast always good to swear okay <laughs> I've, I've toned down my swearing on my own my own podcast um but there's this meme that i've i've seen on the internet and i i don't know who the author is so if you know this person let me know but there's this meme that says the shine doesn't give a fuck if it blinds you. So shine brightly. <laughs> yes, I love that. The shine doesn't give a fuck if it blinds you. I love that. You know, on that front, Leslie, can I tell you, my children won't curse and it bothers me. <laughs> I'm, like the, I'm like the opposite kind of mother. I'm like, they'll get really like impassioned or upset about something. And then they'll, then they'll like, they'll not curse. And I'm like, the gift of language is here for you, child. Take it. Take yes. the gift of language and use it. And they're just like, ah, mom. So there you go, everybody. If you'd like your children to not curse, encourage them to, and then they won't. So because that's how that works. <laughs> yeah, my son thinks that stupid is a curse word because we never allow him to say that. But when he says the F word, I just kind of laugh. It doesn't bother me. Well you know what? And this is what I this is this is what I love. And this is actually maybe though it seems out of the box, this is a perfect way to end this episode, right? What really matters? I would much rather my child say fuck than stupid. Oh, stupid 100%. is a bad word. I bad I can't think word. of any place that stupid is useful as a word. But fuck is useful constantly. It's so useful. <laughs> We love fuck. That's the best. 
<laughs> and, you know, like all hail Leo season. Here we are saying, here's what's important to me. Here's what's important for my self-expression. Here's what I value. Here's what I'm here for. That's what this season is all about. And that's what you get to plant your seeds for. So, um, Leslie, I'm so glad that you follow your courageous heart in doing what you're meant to do here in this world. Tell us all about what you have going on right now, what's coming up for you so that all the witches can come and find you. So right now I have a, a few things coming up that I'm really, really excited about. So if you have a business or you are exploring your leadership even more in reaching your highest potential and want to use astrology, I'm offering a class on how to read your natal chart for business called Written in the Stars, where, you know, even if you know astrology a little bit and you're used to fear mongering or hearing all kinds of things in judgmental ways, I'm here to flip the script and reframe um, you know, things like Saturn or things like Uranus, where you might be scared of them mm -hmm. in your business, but how do we really use these to your highest potential? So you can um, learn how to read your natal chart, learn how to, you know, do new moon activations, learn about transits and all of those things so you can chart your success. So exciting. And everybody, if you are astro curious, I love giving you little bits and bobs here, but I'm so glad that once upon a time I invested in a class. Like there really is nothing like kind of going through the stuff methodically to really learn with the help of a guide. So that is fabulous. Okay. So that's written in the stars, the class. Amazing. What else do you have for my witches? Yes. And then after written in the stars, it's um, a prerequisite because I want you to learn how to read your natal chart in an empowering way. I'm offering a four week intensive called star powered, where we position your business and your leadership to really reach your highest potential. We look at your big three, your sun, your moon, and your rising. Your sun represents the what you do. That is just your creative genius. Like we were talking about, like, how are you unique and individual? Well, let's look at your sun sign. Then we look at what does success mean for you? Why are you motivated to do things that you do in your business? We look at your rising sign, your leadership, and then of course, your ideal customers with your descendant. And so that'll be a four week intensive a container where you can ask your questions, get all of your um, learn how to read your chart at a deeper level and apply it in your business. So fun. And then on the regular, of course, you can listen to Leslie's super fun podcast. She also, Leslie, I love how generous you are. You're always like sending a little question here, um, an invitation there, just always giving people like something to think about when it comes to what's going on in the stars. And so um, tell our friends about where they can find the Savvy Luminary. Yeah. So on any of your favorite podcast players, you can... Um, um, head to the Savvy Luminary and I deliver two episodes a week. Every Sunday I drop the astrology of the week and then every Wednesday I deliver some kind of training material. And what you're saying about that, that question, I don't want people to use astrology to hold them back and say, oh, I'm just going to have a bad day because Saturn is in, you know, opposite my sun right now. 
I want people to really get curious with what those planets are asking. Yeah. Because I feel like these energies, they're asking you a question. They're mm-hmm. asking you to get involved with them and not just be a victim to their energies. Mm-hmm. They're encouraging you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I always ask the questions like, what are the stars asking you right now? Yes. And that's how I use astrology in my life. Yes. Oh, it's so beautiful speaks to my own heart. So um, I will also drop a link, everybody, in the show notes to the episode of The Savvy Luminary that Leslie and I did together so that you can hear us talking about, uh, gosh, we talked about Chiron a lot, Chiron and Taurus. And um, it was a really, it was a really fun, illuminating conversation. Yes. Plentiness. (laughs) Yes. And plentiness and plentiness. All right, my friends, thank you so much for being here. As always, your new moon self-reflections worksheet is available. If you've gotten it before and you subscribed, I automatically send it to you. And if you haven't yet received it, you can, there's a little link you can click in the show notes that'll take you to a page where you can give me your email address and I will give you the worksheet so that you can do a little bit of a new moon activation, a little bit of a new moon uh, reflection time and plant those seeds for being courageous and creative and shiny as fuck. (laughs) Don't give a fuck if you blind somebody. You are a brilliant luminary. (laughs) Yes, we love it. Thank you so much for joining me, Leslie. Always so fun. Thanks, Natalie. Okay. Bye for now, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mind Witchery. To catch all the magic I'm offering, please subscribe to the show. Or if you want a little bit of weekly witchiness in your inbox, sign up for my Sunday letter at mindwitchery.com. If today's episode made you think of a friend or loved one, your sister, your neighbor, please tell them about it. We need more magic makers in this troubled world. Like all good things, this podcast is co-created by stellar people. Our music is by fabulous DJ, artist, and producer, Shami D. Our gorgeous art is by the Sorcerers at New Moon Creative. Mind Witchery is produced in conjunction with Particulate Media, K.O. Myers, executive producer. And I am Natalie Miller. Till next time.